Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to my live Q&A. Hope y'all are doing exceptionally well on this Friday. Hope y'all are getting a good start to your weekend. Hope y'all ended the work week well, or however you start your work week. But either way, I pray that you all are doing exceptionally well. And I'm excited, as always, with these live Q&As, I get the opportunity to serve you all. But for those who's watching later, I want to say thank you so much for watching. All those who's uh, listening as well on my podcast, thank you so much for listening. And if it's your very first time, I want to introduce myself. My name is Josh Rezzi. Also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. So after watching this video, like, man, I like this guy's vibe, go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach here online. But like I said, for those who's been uh, subscribed for a while, uh, whether it's been uh, years, months, weeks, days, or if not seconds, I want to say thank you so much for hitting that subscribe button and uh, and, and, and trusting um, the gift that's in me. But hey, if this is your very first time or if it's been a while and you like, man, I want my question answered, make sure you hit that post notifications so you'll know exactly when I go online. But as everyone is coming in, let me know what city and state my wife's in the building. The one, the only, the beautiful, Miss Brittany Ezzy. Thank you so much for joining me. And so get your questions ready. Type it in. Um, I'll probably be on here for maybe 20, 25 minutes, if not 30. And then I'll be uh, going ahead and over to Instagram, do a quick um, Q&A over there as well. Crystal Redeem, what's going on? Hope you're doing well. So go ahead and get your questions in. And for those who want to know more about what I do, make sure you go to IamUnplugged.com. Make sure I find it. Oh, they changed stuff over here. Here we go. Make sure you go to IamUnplugged.com for books, card games, tools, resources, opportunity for you to support what I do, as well as what my wife and I uh, do for our, our mentoring program. So make sure you check that out there. We'll appreciate you uh, um, uh, learning more about us. But let's see who's, oh, we got, oh, here are all the comments right here. Um, let's see, let's see, let's see. Uh, here we go. Uh, Jordan, Indianapolis in the building. Thank you for joining me, Jody Real. What's up, family? Hey, coach, good evening. I have a question. How do I discern the season of open doors? Great question, Tiny. Um, uh, well, the, the good, the best way to either, uh, the best way to, uh, uh, understand or discern is to develop a thriving relationship with the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the uh, COO, the chief operation officer of our lives. And oftentimes we, not saying you, but oftentimes many of us in Christendom, we 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 love the father because, man, we don't want that father's wrath. Uh, we, we appreciate the son because he his blood was shed for us to have an opportunity for salvation. But oftentimes we rarely understand and rarely know how to engage the uh, third part of the Trinity, who's the Holy Spirit, that will help us in the day-to-day -day operations. Right. The one that uh, that uh, guides us into all truth. Right. And so the best way to discern open doors is to make sure you have an open door to the Holy Spirit into your life. And as you develop that over the course of your life, you will begin to recognize uh, things are, that are tailored to you. Um, the best way is to make sure that you engage him because he's the one that's going to help you determine the difference between a counterfeit and a counterpart. A counterfeit is anything you try to force fit in your life because there's going to be a lot of open doors for you. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for you, but it could be a counterfeit opportunity because by default, depending on how good we are with our craft, depending on how um, sharp we are in mastery in regards to our gift, depending on who we are, our natural um, gifting could open doors that could make room for us, but it may not be the room that God wants you to walk in. And God has counterparts, things that play a major part uh, in your for in your life and for your life to ensure that you sustain the part that God has for you in his kingdom. So the best way to discern this season of open doors is to make sure you're maximizing this season with the Holy Spirit so that you can be a seasoned vet 
so that you can be able to vet things that's in front of you. And you got to make sure that you don't have a heart that's ready to get. Like, I got to have this now. I must have it because most of our impulse and impatience derive from my insecurities. And then those insecurities causes the walk in things that are not secured by God for us. Right. And so let me quickly talk about what will be an open door of a counterpart. Number one, it, it will be uh, um, uh, 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 knowing in your spirit that this is something that God is doing for you. Number two, it's going to be tailored to what is gifted in you. Number three, you will already have evidence that you're ready for that open door. That doesn't mean that you're uh, um, not nervous about it, but you actually are content. God is not going to open the door for you if there's no contentment. Because God is never going to place things in front of you that you that, that he knows that you're going to replace him with, right? So the first thing, Tiny, is to make sure you and the Holy Spirit are good and that y'all vibing and how you vibe with the Holy Spirit is just simply saying, hey, uh, I, I, I submit my life to you. You have to next be aware that you are unable to control your life and, and lead it in any kind of great capacity. And then you also got to be uh, aware of the value of eternity and the value of your place in the kingdom of God so that you can say, hey, I just can't make a decision because my decisions will echo through eternity. My decisions will affect and echo through my lineage. Right. And so those are quick things off the top of the dome that I think will help you um, start from the beginning so that you will be positioned to know which doors to walk through. Great question, Tiny. I hope to help. Crystal Redeem says, got the live. Um, hey, blessings to you guys. Thank you so much. Appreciate you, Crystal. God's girl here in Charlotte. Thank you for watching. You a neighbor. Taco Michelle. Oh, Tosca. Please forgive me. My eyes saw Taco first. Hey, thank you for watching before. Estella, what's going on? Hope you're well. Uh-oh. Uh, God's general 21. Is the vaccine the mark of the beast? I'm not sure it's the mark of the beast. Um... But I know that it's just uh, you got to do your homework and know that it's, it's 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 more to it, more behind it than what it is. But as far as the mark of the beast, I'm not sure, fam. But I just don't think it's wise. Uh, um, I just want to say, do you? Because I ain't a doctor, man. Just do your homework, follow the leading of the Holy Spirit, and and He'll tell you, He'll let you know. Because the spirit of, the spirit of God is is in unison, and and you just got to be wise with those kind of things, fam. Great question though. James Foodie says, "Hey, yo, Coach, what's up, man?" How do you practice gratitude? Great question. Uh, gratitude is uh, the adjusting of one's attitude due to the awareness of how great God is, right? When you understand how great God is, then you change your tune. Um, see, the way you begin to practice gratitude is literally doing this. This is what I do just about every day. It may not be immediately, but I know eventually when I walk out that door, I'm already, I'm already in the river. That's what I do. Number one, as soon as you wake up, you thank God for another day. Secondly, whatever your eyes touch, thank God for it. That's what I do. Usually when I wake up, depending on where I am, I look up. If I'm looking up at the ceiling first or I'm looking at my wife first, those two, th those two things are after the first thing. Number one, when I wake up, I stretch my man. Whoo, I made it to another one. <laughs> thank you, God, for a great day. I thank God for life. Number two, if I'm facing my wife when I wake up, I say, thank you, Lord, for a wife who loves you and who honors me. The next thing I typically see when I wake up after that is the roof. Thank God I, there's no rain on me. You can rain blessings on me, but I don't want no real rain on me. So I thank God for a roof. 
soon as I step out of the bed, whichever foot hits the bed first, both feet, thank God I have operation in my limbs like the old folks would say. Everything that I do, if I grab a water bottle, if I walk, I'm thankful at literally everything that I have the opportunity to do. Even those who don't have legs, thank God that I have life. Thank God that I have a, a, a wheelchair or crutches or thank God that I have another day, right? And so you practice gratitude by literally thanking God for everything that he ha has given you. Gratitude loses its, its value when we overlook the daily blessings of God. The reason why many people are not as grateful as they need to is because they're measuring God's faithfulness by the mountaintop, the, the, the big bodacious blessings. And if they don't see that every day, they're not grateful for each day. The Bible says this is the day that the Lord has made, meaning that every day that was made for us is customly made for you and I. My day was not the same as yours. There's not one person on this planet who has the exact perfectly same day as the other. The Bible says, this is the day that the Lord has made. I will. I don't need to be uh, uh, um, um, pressed to do. I will rejoice and be glad in it. Meaning that I, as soon as I wake up, God made this day for me. That's why I'm excited about every day because you don't know who's going to bless. I, I don't know who's going to bless me. I don't know how God's going to use me to be a blessing. So there's optimism. See, I go to bed knowing that today was a great day. I go to bed knowing that the Lord, Lord willing, when I wake up, and I already know I'm going to wake up because I'm going to fulfill all my days. I will live and not die to clear works. Lord, I go to bed with that mindset. So when I wake up with grat, when I wake up, I'm grateful because I get an opportunity to be a blessing and I get to see how God's going to bless me. Right. So I rejoice that I have a day that's made for me, meaning that, that I'm going to be more aware of my day because it was made customly for me. And I will be glad in it. See, gratitude is saying, I'm, I'm going to be glad. And it doesn't matter how the day starts. It doesn't matter how yesterday ended. I'm going to be glad in this day because I know it was made for me. Because the more you're glad in a day, through a day, the more blessings are attracted your way. I'm a, I'm a living witness. That's why I, I know I'm a son of God. I'm a child of God. Therefore, I'm glad. And I'm like, hey, man, I, I'm with pops today. And I get an opportunity to see what he brings my way. So that's how you practice gratitude is by knowing or, or, or literally out of your mouth, just being grateful for everything that you see. Great question. Any topic, Chris? No, no not today. It's going to just be a live Q&A. Um, 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 whenever the Holy Spirit drops a message to me, that's when I'll do uh, a, a, a more tailored uh, message. But I do live Q&As mostly. Tony Ann. Hey, coach from South Korea. Thank you for watching from South Korea, Tony. Jared, what's going on, fam? How do you learn to trust God with your struggles when they seem to get worse sometimes? Well, um, you have to understand, um, like with gratitude, James says, count it all joy when you go through various trials. Let me turn my light down. I already got enough light on my life. I just got to make sure I can't have light coming from my life. I don't need that much light on my life. But the Bible says, count it all joy when you go through various trials or various kinds of trials, some texts say. Now, what does that mean? Knowing this, that the testing of your faith produces patience. And when patients have had a perfect work, you will be complete, a whole, or lacking in nothing. That scripture is so layered. When I know that my faith has to be tested for it to be able to lift the next phase, and that testing of my faith produces patience, which is essential, the glue for every important thing for you, 
Like patience, you, you can't survive a marriage without patience. You can't, I believe, I know for a fact, you probably can't survive parenting without patience. You can't survive ministry without patience. You can't survive the company of people without patience. You can't endeavor to steward the things of God without patience. So when I know that patience is the glue for everything that I that, that's for me and that I do, then I welcome with joy various kinds of trials. And like I say all the time, various kinds of trials makes you versatile. The more I am uh, going through different types of trial periods, then when it's my time, when it's my time to do what I got to do, I am accustomed to this level of pressure. If I can uh, uh, go through the trials or struggles of this point in my life, then I'm not going to be able to struggle that struggle, but I'm not going to be able to withstand or stand in the evil day when temptations come or when it's time to steward well. Unfortunately, in this generation, many people are so uh, uh, immersed in convenience. Convenience almost makes us incompetent because now it's easy for me. See, I grew up in an era where I had to work for things. That's why I'm so glad that I wasn't privileged. I'm glad I wasn't uh, um, blessed with everything. It kept me hungry. It, it helped me understand work ethic. It helped me understand the process. It made me a dog. It, it made me uh, work for everything I get and, and more appreciative because I didn't have, right? And so that when I go through things right now, I kind of joy because I understand the process of being developed. I understand the process of the production of patience so that I'll be able to withstand. How can I be patient in this trial period that we're going through globally if, if I don't have the right perspectives, right? So the best way to trust God is knowing that, hey, this life is uh, my life is not mine. This world is not my home. Therefore, I hone in and anchor my roots in God, knowing that he is who he is and he will guide me through it all. So when it seems like it's getting worse, you got to make sure we always change our perspective because sometimes worse ain't worse. <laughs> so it doesn't matter how bad it is right now. We have to have the perspective of it could always be worse perspectives gets you through a lot of things. When you say, hey, it's bad right now, but it ain't as bad as being in hell. <laughs> I don't care what kind of hell on earth. It's better than being in hell for real. So what I'm saying is it's perspective and knowing that how could God be using this struggle for me to be strengthened? Now, you also then got to audit did I create this struggle? Now, it's one thing, the struggles that come because of life, struggles that come because it's just a fallen world life or it's part of the grooming, uh, a grooming process of developing you into a man, right? But if it's a struggle that I created, then I got to assess how was this struggle created and how can I make the necessary adjustments so I don't have to go through this particular struggle. So I don't necessarily want to count all joy for struggles I created because that's not fun. If I create a struggle that I got a man up, and, and, and go to God and repent for the man that was held up on the cross for my sins and, and, and receive the righteousness of Jesus in that area in regards to how can I live better in this area with finance or this area in communication or whatever that may have caused this struggle, right? So I hope that helped. That was very layered, but I hope it, I hope it helped you all. Christopher Dean, how do you know if God has answered a question when it feels like he is saying nothing? Well, the, the, the test... The teacher is always quiet during the test because your natural response 
is going to reveal to you how you're doing with the test, right? So when God is quiet, you got to question how you're responding. Because when you see the test, you got to say, okay, if God is quiet and he's my teacher, then I got to I gotta not question him. I got to question me. And I got to ask myself, am I relying on the help that was given to me in this test? See, we have two things available in every test we go through. We have a teacher's assistant that's equal to the teacher, who's the Holy Spirit. And every test that we go through is an open book test, meaning that I have the word of God to give me the basic instructions before leaving earth, B-I-B-L-E. So when you understand that, you will say, okay, if, if God is not saying anything, I'm going to question how I'm responding. I'm going to assess what kind of test this is. And I'm going to assess how could this test make me or groom me into my best. And then I got to ask myself, am I relying on my two supports while I'm in this test? And then you would better understand uh, why he is silent uh, or or if he's already answered. Now, sometimes God is quiet. Sometimes because he already said, I'll answer that question like 50 times. And sometimes we just don't like the answer that was given. And sometimes God answers us through people. He can answer us through a commercial. He can answer us through a billboard that we pass. He can answer it through what we've noticed. He can answer it through a sensing. A lot of different ways that God can answer. But we have to uh, understand those other three areas. I hope they help, Crystal. Thank you all so much for watching and rocking with your boy. Antoinette, oh, Antoinette, thank you for watching. JoJo says, what's up, coach? What's up, family? It's JoJo, man. What's up, bro? Hold let me make sure. Okay. Um, what does it mean when a woman use you for your energy and start talking to others and stop talking to you? Well, first off, um, that's why it's important to know your value. It's always important to know your value. So when people um, um, can't interpret or don't appreciate your value, it, it doesn't become as sour as it could be with you not knowing your value, right? And so when a woman uses you for your energy, now you got to learn from their lessons. See, life is about wins and lessons, fam. Uh, um, when someone misuses you, it's possibly because you don't understand your proper use. When a person understands their proper use, they're rarely abused. They may be accidentally misused eventually, but they don't allow it to get to abuse, right? So now you got to understand your value. Your value is directly uh, connected to God. He fearfully and wonderfully made you. The Bible says, wonderful are your works. My soul knows it very well. What does your soul know? In order for your soul glow, your soul must know. <laughs> we spitting bars this evening. If your soul is going to glow, and, and you open yourself up for with gratitude, it's glowing with gratitude, it's glowing with, with skill sets, it's glowing with, with disciplines, it's glowing, your soul must know. If your soul doesn't know its value, your soul will not glow. And then people that see the dimness in your life, knowing that this person is not bright enough to see what I'm going to do to him, right? So you have to be bright, intellectually bright, emotionally bright, to be able to have the sight you need to ensure people treat you all right. Right. And so when you have that knowing in your soul that you are fearfully and wonderfully made, fearfully meaning that he made you with, with respect. He reverenced you while he made you. He took his time with you because he reverenced the 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 the, the, uh, the godness in that he created in you. What I mean by that is not equal to God. But what I'm saying is the, the dignity that we're made in his image. Anything you do in your image, you have a great reverence for. So God says, I fearfully made you because you're made in my image. 
and you represent me. So I'm going to make sure you would never say that you wasn't wonderfully made. I don't care how you came out the womb. I don't care if you have no leg, one leg, one arm. I don't care how you came in this world. You're beautiful, right? From that, you're wonderfully made, meaning that you're one of a kind. That's why I don't get down on me. I know I'm one of a kind. I'm a bad man, my jammer. Doom, doom, doom. Oh, that's a woman. My bad. Anyway, she is fine. She can be. But what I'm saying is, follow me, follow me, follow me. As I know my value. So even though my soul glows and that it may attract people, my soul knows that not everybody can join that flow from that glow. So that it sets me up not to be abused. Abused by definition is abnormally used. You're being abnormally used against your proper use. And whenever that happens, then it puts you in an emotional state where you're hurt, where you're damaged, where you scarred. And you lack the, that's what I'm talking about. People didn't like the perspective of, hey, you win some and you learn some. I don't lose nothing. So even though this woman uh, uh, used your energy, now you got to do homework. Now you got to say, all right, how can I protect this going forward? How can I make sure this doesn't happen again? And people are going to stop talking to you. Hey, listen, just because somebody doesn't understand your value and they go somewhere else to find value doesn't mean you lack value. When you are a Royce Royce, I'm not sad. I'm a Royce Royce. If you come to me, you look in the window, oh, man, that's a great interior. Wow, this is the Joshua Ezzy package of the Royce Royces. Oh, man, look at that body, yada, yada. I'm joking. Look at that body, that, that, that body kit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, look, look at the, the, the suspensions, the, the specs. I ain't going to get mad if they walk away from me to get a Honda. You can't afford this. See, when you know your value, you know who can afford <laughs> You know who can afford the maintenance. You know who can afford the uh, uh, to, to be in your life. That's why not everybody that goes to you has the grace for you. And that's okay. And some people are going to come to you and they're going to be like, oh, I, I was attracted to you and you are great. Right? But that doesn't mean they're going to be there for you. Right? And so assess, assess everything, man. Examine, hey, why did I let her in my life like this? Do I understand my value? Do I understand what I bring to the table? Do I understand who should eat at my table? And then you won't welcome too many people at your table. Hope to help. Jody, what does it mean for a wife to submit to her husband? Well, uh, it means that uh, I got to be worthy of the submission. Wives, submit yourself to your husband. A husband is not a noun. It's a verb. Many times we run for titles, but we're not willing to be trained to sustain that title. Right. We're, we're not willing. So you have to have a testimony before you have a title. A testimony means that I was delivered from something. Testimony means that I've grown from something. Testimony means I'm aware of the goodness of God from something and in something and in everything. So that now when I do have a title, I function. So a woman should never submit to a husband who who is not leading like a husband has submitted to God. So a wife is a woman that says, hey, I'm a nurturer. I'm a builder. I'm a maximizer. I'm a lover, right? I'm these things. I'm a home builder, home keeper, home sustainer, right? So that's those are the verbs of a wife. So a wife should never submit those traits 
The Bible says, oh, no man, nothing but love. But, but when it comes to like the actual giftings of a wife, a wife should never try to maximize a, a, a poor a, 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 a man's value, right? What I mean by that, if a man is not doing what a husband's supposed to do, she ain't supposed to submit to that. It didn't say husband's wife submit yourself to a man that you marry. It says submit yourself to a husband, someone that's handling his responsibilities. H, someone who understands the will of God for their life and the mission for yours. Uh, a S H U S, a one, a husband, a man who submitted to God in every way. Because why would a woman submit to you if you ain't submitted? The one that a B, the one who respects the band on his finger, husband. A, the one who acknowledges God in all their ways and has continuously to sustain the attributes of husband. And the one, a man who knows how to say no to anything that may contaminate a man. And D, a man who's discipline with his money his time his energy his emotions that's a husband and if those traits are not in your life then a wife will never submit her life to a man who don't know how to guide it that's what it means for a wife to submit to a husband she's submitting herself her body you know a woman ain't gonna submit her body to a man who she knows not faithful a woman's not gonna submit all those different things and unfortunately thing, women who don't know their value marry these men who don't understand value don't know how to build value sustain value and these women are submitting these traits that they shouldn't be submitting to that man that's why women it's important for you to make sure that you are content in your singleness and that you allow the holy spirit to lead and guide you to the right man who is willing a, a man of god is not a perfect man by no means, but he is a positioned man, a humble man, a man of the God's own heart, a man who honors you and honors God and who is humble, a man who understands his will, the will of God and the purpose of the marriage, the man who is who willingly submits his life to God, the one who looks at that hand with that band and say, I can and I will to ensure that my wife and my children can, a man who acknowledges God in all of his ways, who is aware of the supernatural world and is anchored himself in the word of God to ensure that his his family and his house is never moved. A man who says no to every woman that comes his way, who says no to the screen, the women on the screen, who's willing to say no. And a man who says, I'm going to stay disciplined in this thing. That's a man that can. And a woman says, I don't mind handing over what makes me a woman. A wife. Great question. Tony Ann Ross got two more. I got to go to Instagram. At what point does you say, depart from me? I never knew you at the end of the end. You know, he, give, he gives you an opportunity all the way down, all the way down to the last moment. And Jesus says, hey, man, hey, man, you don't know my value. See, look at Jesus. Jesus know his value. Man, depart from me. I never knew you, fam. <laughs> so that's at the end, family. And when Jesus said, depart from me, I never knew you. When you judge and all these people start uh, saying, but I did this in your name, but I was the church, God. I paid tithes, God. I did this, God. I did that, God. And God going to be like, man, you didn't let me do <laughs> for you in the saving of your soul. And then he said, depart from me. I never knew you. Two more minutes. I got to go. Tiny says, because I don't want to keep begging something, I'm in the posture of receiving. Let me make sure I see your other question, Tiny. What was your other question, Tiny? Tiny said, uh... Hey, Coach, I'm going to have a question. How do I design a season? Okay. That was a season question from back back uh, early on because I don't want to keep begging something. Gotcha. That's good. You don't want to do that. You got to position yourself. Prepare yourself. Chris Stott, what's up, fam? Josh, me. Uh, uh, Josh, me. Me has been on my heart and mind heavy. Oh, my ex. Josh, my ex has been on my heart and mind heavy. It's been a couple of years. How do I know if this is God or the enemy? Um. Anything that's going to, you know, it's God when it's going forward. You know, it's you or the enemy when it's looking backwards. 
right? So if that means um, that possibly during those last two years, you may not have been able to really process out of that. Um, and I got a book that helps with soul ties and strongholds for all those um, who are watching. Man, they changed everything up over here. Um, it's a book called The Purpose of Freedom, How to Untie Soul Ties and Uproot Strongholds. It talks about the different kind of ties that we have to people, the different types of connections we have to people. And it's a good book for you to really process through, but to help you real quickly, um, you have to understand... <clears throat> Oh, you just said a second party question. I pray to break soul ties, but this past month we've been in. Well, um, you, the best way to get over something is, is allowing the Holy Spirit to ch- renew your mind, P, change your perspective, right? Number two, make you productive. It, it's idle time leads to an idle mind. Idle mind leads to idle hands. Idle hands leads to idle worship. Right. And so oftentimes we begin to worship a previous idol, a current idol or a potential idol because we are idle, meaning that we're not really productive. We're not distracting ourselves from distractions. Right. And so at first, what you got to do now, is say, OK, what all what all happened in that relationship? How did we how did we tie each other? Did we tie ourselves physically? Did we tie ourselves sexually? How do we tie ourselves mentally? How do we tie ourselves emotionally? How do we tie ourselves spiritually? In a previous live Q&A, I talked about it was on Instagram where I talked about it's not wise to why y'all are dating and know each other to pray together, read the Bible together, because spiritual intimacy is is greater than physical intimacy with a person, right? And oftentimes we bring our bodies and the Bible into relationship prematurely. And what I mean by that is sharing our relationship. And then you got to assess, did we do too much spiritually together that got us tied? Did I think that she was the one? Did I put God in it? Oh, this must be the one. This is God's one for me. Now, when you put that God stamp on it and it proves that it wasn't from God, there's a strong tie that comes from that. You got to ask, how do we get emotionally connected? Did we get emotionally connected from sexual intimacy? How do we get emotionally connected? Did we get emotionally connected because we were friends in the beginning and that person meant a lot to me? That's why you got to be very careful about being strong friends with the opposite opposite sex, because then you build that emotional bond and then you want to have, you want what you want uh, the next phase to happen and then they become an X phase, right? How do we become close mentally? You can become uh, uh, mentally so tied to a person by always overthinking. Usually those who are overthinkers become overly mentally tied. I wonder what she's doing right now. Or or what does this picture mean? What does this caption mean? Uh, is she happy without me? You see what I'm saying? Now you become mentally tied. And then physically tied is that we, we got intimate or we just got uh, uh, um, <clears throat> close physically. Right. And then you got to say, Holy Spirit, reveal to me the root reason of why I even got tied in the first place, because I can give you five points overcoming a soul tie. But if I never take you down the elevator, down to the basement of your soul and say, "Okay, what are the dry bones down here? What are the things that are hidden down here? Because then if you don't deal with the root issue, you will repeat this issue again with someone else. So now you got to ask, why am I prone to this? Am I insecure? Do I am I am I um, ignorant of something? Am I idol worshiping? What is it in me, right? And then you will be able to say, hey, man, um, I got to make some changes. I got I to really grow out of this. I really got to discipline, engage with the Holy Spirit in pruning myself out of this. And the best way to prune yourself out of something is realizing that doesn't matter how great she is, doesn't matter how great that was, God always has what's best for you. Optimism, gratitude helps you overcome pre and productive in your purpose, not with the not with the mindset of to prove to her that I'm a great man. No, just to be the best that you can for the thing that is in God's hand for you. And when you do have those strong months, which is that's natural, you got to say, all right, man, 
facts over feelings, get a sheet of paper and write down why this thing was supposed to end. Why is she not the one for me? Don't even think about uh, is she not is she the one for is she not the one for me now? But maybe like don't even think optimistically about that person. In order for you to find your person, you can't think optimistically about another person. You got to say what about me as a person, and work on developing you. Get write it in your phone, all the things of why this relationship was not supposed to be. Write down all the reasons why you wasn't ready for that relationship. So that when you have a bad moment, you can go to those notes and get the facts so that you can bring your feelings down. Hope y'all was blessed by this video. Hope y'all got a lot from it. Make sure you check out my website, IamUnplugged.com, for tools, card games, resources, books, ways for you to support what I do. If you was blessed by this, you feel the by the Spirit to help support, do you. I appreciate it in advance, your generosity. Check out our mentoring programs. Check out all this stuff there. Um, T-shirts, card games, all that good stuff. IamUnplugged.com. Also, books. Check out the book, The Purpose of Singleness. Are you whole or full of holes? If you uh, are, are need a dating assistant uh, and uh, with a book that's going to help you date God, date yourself, and become dateable for the one that you're going to date for the rest of your life, get this book here. It's a good book for couples who are dating, even couples who are married and dating. Because you got to date your, your, your spouse in order to have a strong house, right? That book, Dating Prep, would be good. If you're struggling with soul ties and strongholds, make sure you check out the book, The Purpose of Freedom. Whom the sun sets free is free indeed. Whom the sun sets free is free to do the deeds, right? And so get that book there. And also check out my latest book for those people who ask questions about discernment, Counterfeit or Counterpart, How to Continue to Discern the Will of God in Every Area of Your Life. I also have other books like the red book up there called World War Me. That's a book on spiritual warfare. And that white book in the corner is my wife and I's children's book, as he says, Essence for the Students I Serve. Great book for um, elementary students, middle schools, and high schoolers. So hope y'all got a lot from that. Hope y'all was blessed from this video. And make sure I scroll down and just say uh, hey to all those. Uh, Chris says, amen. Going to implement that for myself. Amen. Amen. And uh, um, I pray y'all was blessed by this. Y'all have a great evening. If you want to join me, you got other questions, go to my Instagram at my coach Josh because I'm heading over there in about five minutes. Um, I'll see y'all next time. Peace.